Do you ever wonder how busy people get everything done? For example, I have seven horses, run a business that serves people around the world, and have time to enjoy life. So in this episode, I'm joined again by productivity expert, Dr. Sarah Rife Hecking, but this time, Sarah interviews me to discuss the strategies and tools I use to help me live a life that I can enjoy while still being highly productive. So I think this will be really interesting for you if you want to master your time in any area of your life, or if you simply want to be more efficient when doing your horses and get more horse time. So here we go. Episode 78. How does Karen do it? Hi, I'm Karen Rolf, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Hello, Dr. Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, Karen. Thanks for having me back. So this is going to be kind of interesting because here you are a guest on my podcast, but you're actually going to be interviewing me. (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm very excited about that opportunity. So what, uh, maybe explain a little bit about what made you decide to interview me. (laughs) Yeah, so... Karen and I were talking as we're um, actually getting ready to do some co-presenting. And one of the things that I did early on, because I, I help Karen's professionals in her mastermind with their time management. And even though, you know, I'm a horsewoman at heart and I've worked in a few barns, um, One of the things that I found really helpful was just spending a little bit of time saying, hey, how do you sync with stuff stuff in your day, in your week? How do you get all of the stuff done that you need to get done in a way that just really works? Um, And is there, you know, are there some magic pieces that I could be easily passing along? And it is a question that I ask whenever I, I find highly accomplished professionals in whatever area they're in, um, like, hey, how do you how do you do things differently so that it works for you, particularly when they're able to have, um, you know, get a lot done at work and then also do stuff outside of work. Like, hey, how do you pull that off is always the question that I want the answer to, because um, it's what I help people with uh, day in, day out. And what I know is we all have a little bit of a different um way that we go about that. And sometimes it's just that little bit of a tweak, a little shift in how we're thinking about things or how we do things that really pays us back a lot of time. And it is, you know, I like to call it the click of the kaleidoscope, right? So you're looking at your calendar and your to-do list and all of the hours in your day in one way and you take one click and all of a sudden there's more space 
that's not already committed to doing something else. So um, I really wanted to dive in, Karen, and ask you sort of some of those next level questions. And I thought, oh my gosh, your people would just love this conversation because it <laughs> is the hardest part sometimes of getting to um, horses period, horse time period, and training horses and then also running an effective and profitable horse business, which I know a lot of your listeners do, um, you really need to up-level your thinking about how you do things and, and how it how you sequence things in your day. Because another day or another hour in your day could be used in so many different ways. And what's the most powerful way for you to use it? Yeah, I think this is really cool because... Um... You know, in any industry, I think we need to both look at, you know, all right, what are the industry secrets? You know, what are the people in the industry doing to get, you know, the things done that they want to get done? But what's really cool is you work with people in a lot of different industries. So you can also kind of pull in, you know, stuff that works in other industries and bring it in and we can learn from that. And I mean, that's kind of what I've done with horses, right? It's like... You know what works in the dressage world but then hey what works outside the dressage world that we can bring in and help that so i i kind of love that you're uh you're the same kind of curious about your field um like i am we we can we want to get really specific about what works in this industry but then also what can we learn from others but yeah so i think this actually will be super helpful with you working with a lot of the people that i mentor like we can get much more specific. So, all right, I'm ready. Ask away. <laughs> okay. All right. So the first thing that I would love you to do is to give us an overview of how you organize your day and your week, right? Because mm -hmm. I know there's lots of moving pieces and lots of sort of content areas and things that you need to do in your business. And uh, in training your own horses. So an overview of how you organize your day and your week so you get work in effectively and have time for other things. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the average week, I'll start on the Monday through Friday. So Monday through Friday mornings is my sacred horse time. So every weekday it's horses until I'm done with my horses. So usually I, I get hungry. <laughs> so I come in around noon, uh, you know, weather depending. Uh, and then I have a nice little lunch and then I have my bio coffee. And then that little period of time, uh, if I'm left to my own devices could probably go on for a long time. Uh, but I also, but then usually right after lunch, I do uh, email catch up all the little hanging details that are going to be occupying my brain. Uh, I might do some of the, I'll say the yuckier things like tech stuff, you know, things that I don't really like to do. And if it gets, if that gets put too late in the day, I'll just kind of leave it for the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so I get all those That's things. That's a great awareness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I learned that from you. Really so important awareness. I get that done after I'm like content with my horses and then I've had a nice lunch and then I've had a little rest and then I've had a little coffee and that kicks me into gear. <laughs> and then as the day goes on, then there's different things that I do in the afternoons and evenings, um, depending on the day. Uh, so that's, that's my week. Sometimes I'll do like a yoga class in the evening or something like that. And then evenings are often, um, 
usually right before the sun goes down. That's really good quality husband time. Uh, I take a break from whatever I've been doing on the computer and we'll go for a little walk around the property or, you know, we, we call it a co-puttering. We putter around the property <laughs> and do whatever. We look at birds or play with the dogs or whatever until the sun goes down. Then Saturdays, I have another ritual every Saturday morning. Uh, I go with Dana and his mom, who I adore, and we uh, go to coffee and we have a little coffee and a pastry. We walk the dog around this cute little town and Saturdays, the weekends are really um, husband time, family time, you know, uh, Saturdays, especially because Saturdays um, I have somebody else come in and feed the horses. So it's the one morning that I can sleep as long as I want to sleep. And then uh, Sundays are the day that I do all the barn chores. So nobody else comes is coming in. I, you know, I get up and feed the horses and do all the chores. And so it's, it's a, you know, a day off from work, but it's, um, you know, and I'm there with Dana. So it's some husband time, but I'm also working the horses. So that's where he gets to put her on his, his projects. Cause I'm, I'm doing horsey stuff. Um, but I don't ride on Saturday, on Sundays usually. So you it's don't just... ride on you don't ride on Fridays because because I think that's an in, interesting distinction there. I'm Sundays. Yeah, Saturday an and Sundays I don't I don't ride. So, so Saturday is usually a non horse day if that's ever possible, uh, and Sundays as like a chores, you know, chore horse health day. Okay, cool. And then a couple of questions about. How do you use your barn help to support and where else are you delegating in your business? Because I think that this and, and other areas of your life, because I think super important to, you know, get the picture of support that's needed so that you can do all of the things that you do do. It's absolutely vital. And I was very resistant to getting help at first. <laughs> For different reasons. One, I was like, I can do it. And or, you know, oh, that's just little. I can just do that. That doesn't take much time. But all those little things that don't take much time add up. So it is I have really learned that I need help and to really embrace help. So I have uh, an assistant. She's an employee and she comes on the weekdays. That's um, Becky. And so she's there in the morning. She feeds. Uh, I'll usually get the first horse started and then she, you know, I'll tell her who I'm riding next and she makes sure that horse is up at the barn and maybe starts grooming it so that I can move through the training period with my horses um, efficiently. And then she feeds again in the evening. So the horse time during the week is really dedicated horse you know, training, it, not that every, every horse gets trained. Sometimes I just play with this one or I trim that horse's feet, but I can have my horse time does not involve chores. It involves pure me, me hands on my horses. So <laughs> I, I love my assistant. Then I have a different person who comes in and feeds on Saturdays. And that's for two reasons. One, my lovely assistant, Becky gets a day off. She gets the weekends off because I want to preserve that you know her and that she doesn't get burned out yeah. and it's another person who knows my farm and knows my horses so even though she's just once a week there's times if becky was sick or i was away we can call her and i know it's somebody who knows my stuff and she can pinch in pinch it during the week so i love having an ex another person who kind of knows 
uh, my horses. Yeah. And then, you know, as far as the business, I've had to really embrace getting help. I remember at first I'm like, I don't need help. Oh, I just have a couple emails here and there. I can do that. And then I finally got someone to help me. And then it was all of a sudden, I think within a week, I'm like, I can't live without you. <laughs> you know. And now my assistant, Shauna, who was, you know, at first she just like ran some errands and answered a couple emails. Now she is like our right hand person. She is, you know, so vital to the business. And then from there, now I'm addicted to it. And I am finally, you know, aware of all the things that I'm not the best person for. You know, there's lots of jobs that I'm not the best person to, to do it. And other people can do it better and they enjoy those things. So now it's actually fun to delegate. But I was highly resistant to that at first. And it actually took a lot of help from uh, from you, <laughs> Sarah, uh, <laughs> to help me make those those little transitions. Yeah, I think super helpful information. So I want to uh, back up to the barn a little bit. And um, who 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 does the stalls? Even though I know your horses aren't in stalls most of the time, but who picks up the horse poop? People, who picks up the horse poop? There's yeah. always horse poop. Yeah. So I have two stalls in the barn, and during the day when I'm rotating through horses, some of my horses we call it their special place. They like to go in the stall and hang out. So I have they're either in the front paddock or the stall if they're kind of like the next on deck horse. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, Becky, um, as part of the morning chores, so she, Becky somehow has figured out how to feed. Um, and then so we just have a little bit of mucking at the barn, but I have three horses that live on a dirt track because they're pudgy and they need to lower their sugar <laughs> intake and their grass intake. So that we muck. Everything else um, is pastures and we drag it with an ATV. It's kind of fun <laughs> zoom around the property. Um, Becky recently hurt her shoulder. So I started doing some of the mucking, but then my back doesn't like that. So we actually, uh, are, am borrowing somebody else's working student. I'm paying her to come in and just run through the barn and do the mucking. So like, can I muck? Yes, I can muck. Does it wear on my body? Yeah. And I'm going to save my, my, my aches and pains are going to be, uh, related to riding, not mucking. Uh, so, you know, I just do a little call out and find, you know, if anybody knows anybody in the area that wants to get a couple hours in and, and there's usually somebody who can do that. And then on Sundays I do everything. So on Sundays I do all the chores and I really do enjoy it, uh, once a week. <laughs> love it. Yes. I love and And I also think there's this, um, question I'm sure a lot of people are having because you, you are such in in partnership with your horses and your uh, philosophy of training is very much in partnership with your horses. So um, how do you handle that as you're having somebody like cue an animal up for you who's like mm -hmm. next in line or yeah. um, in terms of also delegating responsibilities? How how does that how do you do that and also feel in partnership with your animals? That's a great question. So you've been talking to my people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's because you know, we don't I don't want to turn my business into or my time with my horses into like a factory feeling. You know, I, I used to do that in a training barn and horses would be lit up and they're already tacked up and I get on it and as soon as I get off it's led away. So I don't want to do that. So I'm very aware of each horse throughout the week, what has been that horse's experience. So I'll rotate 
Um, so like I said, I usually start the first horse myself. So I walk out, I bring them in, I do all the grooming. And so I can alternate which horse goes first and which horse gets me grooming them. And then I also am aware of like, if a horse has a day off that may, it's not that I just ignore them that on the horse's day off, well, maybe I go out and I just do groomies or I'm, you know, I take them for a, a walk <laughs> around or something, you know, so I, I'm kind of aware of like which horse did, you know, Becky groom completely and I only rode it and, you know, which ones did I, you know, so I'm, I'm balancing it out all the time. And usually at the end of the week, I feel like every horse is pretty balanced. And if they're not, then I make up for it the next week. So, does that make sense? Got it. Yeah. So it does. And I think it's, it's super helpful because, um, you know, this happens in, in all sorts of service industries. And I thinking about like you're serving and training horses and you need to maintain that relationship. How do you do that? And also delegate the things that other people can do. And there are things that other people can't do, like, you know, train the horse the in, in the relationship you're having while you're riding the horse. You can't delegate that to somebody else mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and and um you know there's there's a i pick my assistants well so my horses have a relationship with i call it aunt becky it's their she's <laughs> she's aunt becky so if there's a horse that i'm not getting to that day i could have becky you know hey do the red light treatment and they get their spa day or like hey give hot shot special groomies so, you know, Hotshot loves being groomed. You know, I, I'd love to think he loves me grooming him, but he loves Becky grooming him too. So, you know, I have to also know, put my ego aside and say, I want to make sure my horses get loving attention. And it doesn't always have to be from me. So in their life, they get training sessions, they get groomies, they get special treats, they get walks. And some of it is with me and some of it with somebody else. So, um, I satisfy myself because I like the training and I also love the little, you know, play sessions and fun time. But I know if I've done not enough play time, I can delegate the play time and I know that they'll, they'll have fun. So a lot of times I'll come back from riding a horse and, and there'll be another horse in the aisle and Becky's doing something cute and fun with it. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, Hotshot has to come in or Cora just ducks under the stall, the stall guard of the aisle guard and, you know, demands attention. And she's there giving giving the horse attention. Awesome. I love that. I love that. So do you take days off? I mean, you just said Saturday you get to sleep in. Um, and I know working in the horse industry and any any industry where you tend people or animals, it's really hard to say I'm really off. So tell us how you actually managed to take Saturday off and well, other days off if you go on vacation or leave the property or whatever you want to travel. Cause I don't know, you guys want to go to a music concert or something. This is an, this is a deceptively hard point because I think with horse people, it's, I used to have a hard time going, well, what's off? Like, do you mean off from horses? But horses are my fun thing. So if I'm doing something with my horse, is that a day off? But I, you know, <laughs> I had a lot of time trying to figure out. Well, there's that quote, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. But then it can be confusing. So it's like, but, you know, what is a day off? So 
Right. You, you have to be careful that it doesn't lead to burnout. If you exactly. Love what you do, Which right? is what so I there's have... this edge of I'm doing, I'm playing with my horses and that's fun time and that's refueling to me, or I'm playing with my horses and I'm working because I'm training and I need to produce videos and I need to show people things, right? So how, how does that work yeah. for you? Yeah. And so right now, so I have, it used to always be the horses were my work and my fun. Now that I kind of run a business, right? So there's stuff that I do now, like I have a day job. There's stuff that I do that's not hands on the horses. It used to be that was the only work I did as I was training a horse. Now I run a business. So then it gets even more confusing. So, um, but I, I have definitely learned from you. You had this challenge of 24 consecutive hours off in a row. And it's like, it took me years before I actually was doing that. So now I'm much better at compartmentalizing. Like I have my horse time, which most of the time does feel like play, even though I know it's integral to my business. There's the work work time, like the computer time. And that, that I realized I had to be much more strict with myself because if I'm working and I'm doing horses, it kind of energizes me. But if I'm putting okay. too much time in the the yucky stuff, the techie stuff, the computer stuff, that drains me. So when I started having trouble going, well, when am I working? When am I not? What do I mean? Is what's, you know, is a horse time on or off? I said, well, let's not solve that problem first. Let's get me off the computer. Number one. <laughs> so yes. work, I can easily put any computer work or that kind of business work into like, that's, that's work. Yes, I love what I do, but that's work. So that was the first thing that I became much more strict with. And that was hard because I run my own business and I just want to get everything handled. Uh, but now I can say now that I actually do take 24 consecutive hours off, it's, oh, it's life-changing. I can breathe and I get more, I can relax and have fun with my husband because my husband works in my business also. So it's, it's actually really hard to not, I have to police myself that we, our conversations don't end up with about work because we're yes. both working in the same business. So that's, that's where a little ritual, like meeting his mom for coffee and pastries and walking the dog is great because I get I sleep in, I get up, and then I'm occupied doing something really relaxing and distracting. And then that transitions me into the rest of the day, and I can easily then not get back on the computer. And, and I've gotten better at setting myself up at the end of the week, so I have things handled. So there's not something pressing that I'm going to have to handle on the weekend. But it takes practice. Yeah. It does take practice. It takes a lot of practice. And I love what you said about Saturday morning, setting up something that pulls you into something that's not directly related to work, that allows your brain to be off and, um, you know, that you're getting that recharge mode um, so that when you get back into the office on Monday, you know, you, you really can do what you need to do at the computer that it feels like harder work and mm -hmm. probably get it done in less time than if you had diddled at it Saturday. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. 
So now you've heard me rave about the Video Classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Um, so the, the next question I had for you had to, had to do more with sort of, uh, riding and training time. So how do you set up your riding and training time so that you can be most focused on what you need to do during that time? Now we heard a little bit about Becky helps you, you know, get, get the the next horse Mm -hmm. on deck and, and ready to go. But tell me about how you really use the time once you're with the horse to be most effective. Yeah. uh, Number one, I think about it before I go out there, you know, so I have, I have my, um, what I call the happy athlete progress journal. And that's sort of a printed version of the way my brain is thinking. So I've I've sat down and thought about the week and what do I want to generally accomplish with each horse and what days does which horse have on or off. So I, I look at the time and I, you know, some horses, I alternate days and some, you know, so, so that I always feel like I have enough time and I know, okay, this is the day that that horse gets a long section of time. So I've thought about it ahead of time and I know going into the session, is this a short session, a medium session or a long session? Like how much time do I have? And then, then I plan accordingly the, so to get really into like horsey stuff, if I have a short block of time, the worst thing you can do is try to fit a whole session's worth of stuff in a short (laughs) block of time. That is a recipe for disaster. (laughs) So what I've learned is if I have a short time, then I just start at the beginning and I end earlier. So a short session, instead of going, I'm going to do a fast warm up and then knock out a bunch of stuff and jam it all in. I just go, well, I might only do the warm up today <laughs> and oops, there's that time. And that's fine. So don't let your horse ever feel like you have a time crunch. Uh, so I love but, that. And, yeah. and, and I want to just pause there because that's, that's huge right there. If you don't take anything else out of this conversation, you know, allowing yourself to be present and not rushed with your horse. I mean, one of the things that you say to me often is that you started your sacred horse time in the morning because you realized you, if you did computer work beforehand, you'd go out there and you'd be annoyed and your horses would feel like you were annoyed and you wouldn't get good quality relationship time or training time done, right? Yeah. So I think that that going in is super, super important. Like, don't go in in a rush. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You, my mind has to be really clear, and I just find it's the most clear and pure in when I wake up in the morning. Now, the way I do that is before I go to bed, things are handled. So I, you yeah. know, at this take, you got to like reverse engineer it. Go, I want to be clear in my mind in the morning. Make sure you handle what you need to handle the day before. So I can wake up and I know I don't even have to look at email until noon if I don't want to. Uh, so yes. yeah, but yeah, that don't let them feel rushed. And to know there's a range of things you can do if you have a short amount of time and that those small things can be really powerful training tools. So, you know, I know, well, maybe I'll just go one little, I'll do a little silly horse trick or I'll do one little thing. or I'll just take them for a bareback hack around the property or, you know, so just know ahead of time how much time you have and go deep into short amounts of time instead of trying to pack lots of stuff in. So that's definitely one thing. And then even when I do have a longer time period with a horse, I'll often set a timer. So I'll get on the horse and I'll set the timer for 26 minutes and I just stick it in my pocket. And then at 26 minutes, it goes off and I just sort of notice like, oh, look, that's where I am in the session. And it makes yeah. me stop, be aware of time. And then I can decide, you know what, that's a good place to end or, okay, well, that's interesting. It's 26 minutes. I'm going to do a few more minutes. And, and by kind of being more aware of the time that's passing and to stop and make a decision point, then when I do have only 25 minutes with a horse, I know how to do that because <laughs> I practice. So you can set it for 15 minutes and just after 15 minutes, the alarm will go off and just notice where you are. All right. So, yes. and that's a really great, I think, mental exercise to have a clock ticking, but not let that make you feel rushed. And that's why I say practice doing that when you know you have lots of time. I've got an hour and a half to spend with my horse. Great. Still set alarm for 26 minutes or 24 or whatever you, you want to set it for and just notice, oh, that's interesting. Took me 10 minutes to groom. That's interesting. It took me, but it, you have to practice being aware of time yet not feeling rushed. And then you can I use that. I love that exercise. And I will often call it creating a container for the time. Oh, so nice. you're, if you set the timer for 15 minutes or 26 minutes, right? Everybody's going to want to know if there's a magic 26, no. but we'll get back to that for 26 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and okay. No magic to the 26. We just busted through that myth. Um, but I like to be able to set the container for the time. So if I'm going to do something and I want to be able to let go of time while I'm doing it, I'll often set a timer so that I know I can just lean into it and the timer will do the work of letting me know it's time to stop or take a break or to check in. Um, so I can drop in and just be present in the moment and let go of that. You know, is the, what, how, how yeah. is, is the time passing? Oh my gosh, is the time passing? Oh, the, the time's passing, you know, kind of conversation that happens. Yeah. And I think that's where it's a little paradoxical or because you think, you know, it does make me relax because I know I don't have to think about the time. I know there's an alarm yeah. set. And and I do that with my schedule too. So remember I said, you know, you gotta set up the day before so that you know things are handled. So I can be clear in my thinking in the morning. Part of what I'll do, if there is something, I'm like, Karen, you gotta remember to handle this. Instead of holding that little thing in my brain, go so while I'm riding, it's like, and don't forget, you gotta handle this. I put it on my calendar. So I will give myself I will put things on my calendar as 
as like answer this email, call this person, like things that will take two minutes. And I schedule them on my calendar and I set a notification so I can relax in the morning because I know at 1.15, my alarm's going to go off and it's going to remind me what I have to do that day because <laughs> it's it's there. And I schedule it at a time when I know would be a good time to do it. And I'm more likely to do it than if it's just written on one of those like to-do lists, you know, but if it's Love on it. the calendar, That's it. I've learned to respect my calendar and... Um, and so if it's there, an alarm goes off, I, I tend to handle it and then it's done because I've learned how to put them in the right places where I actually will do it. Yeah, that's a super key point um, in terms of uh, making an appointment with yourself to make the appointment at a time that you know it, it's it's one of the best times for you to do that particular activity. So I, I love that. Super helpful for people out there. Okay, so... I want to know what is one time management hack that saves you time that is specific to your industry. So I think what's the bare minimum that I need to do and just as much as possible, eliminate the walking back and forth in between horses. So I love that. I love eliminating the walking back and forth. Um, And and it, it is one of those habits that people get into that you don't even know how much time and energy it's taking. And Mm -hmm. so just uh, taking a a big picture, look at that, I think can be huge for people. Yeah. Um, And and the, the, you know, sorry, one more thing. (laughs) Yeah. Because the other thing is, you know, people want to do the chores and we, you know, we usually think feed the horses and do the chores and then, you know, riding is after that. And for me, like, I know if there's a chore, like if a horse is is in a stall, like I know I'm going to muck the stall. I'll never leave a horse in, you know, in a dirty stall, but I'll, so I put the, the stall last, right? So I know even if I ride and I use all my time, I'll come back out later and I'll do that stall, (laughs) but I might not ride. If I do all the mucking, then I might be like, Oh, I'm too tired. I'm not going to ride. I'm not going to play with my horse. So, so I kind of play little games like that of what are the things I know I will get done no matter what I'm definitely going to feed them and I'll definitely clean the clean their areas that need to be cleaned. Um, so do that, you know, do that later. <laughs> You'll definitely do it. Well, I mean, the other thing that I'm noticing is that you said um, you, well, riding first, of course you do the, the grooming and, you know, mm-hmm. you, you want to get on a horse safely and all of that. Assuming that that's happening, you're still prioritizing riding. And that is something that energizes you. And yeah. then riding, riding or playing, like it might be a groundwork yeah. session, but like the, the, right. the thing, the thing that I live for. <laughs> Let's make time the training, for that. the playing with the horse part, the playing with yes. the horse part. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Make sure that gets in early in the day or in the session. And then the other stuff work around the edges. Cause I think that's the other thing that I see all the time. And I know you do, you and I have talked about this a lot. You go, you do all the chores first because that feels so important. And then you don't have the time to ride. So I love right. the, the resequencing right. of that. There, there, awesome. There's usually ways to do it. And the horses are still being cared for you know, beautifully. Really well. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what's one time management hack at home that saves you time and is key to your overall success? Yeah, this is huge. Knowing when my brain works best for different things. Huge. So I now have a rule in my, in my household with my team, like 
know, because sometimes I'll, I will work in the evenings because it just, you know, gives me more horse time in the morning, <laughs> but <laughs> no um, heavy tech or graphic design after seven o'clock. Like if you want to get me grumpy, <laughs> ask me to do something tech or graphic design at like nine o'clock at night. And I, it took me a while to figure this out. I'm like, my brain does not work well. It's hard. It gets me grumpy. And then I can't get to sleep because, because it's still spinning. So, um, yeah. So, and it's hard because that's stuff that Dana often helps me with. And he's a night owl. So we've had a mm. compromise. I have to like get him to shift into that gear a little sooner and then I can squeeze it, you know, sometimes right after dinner, you know, if I know ahead of time, I can go, okay, five o'clock, we'll, you know, we'll do it or six o'clock, but it can't leak later. And ideally that happens for me right after lunch. So we have to talk and we have to schedule ahead of time and be like, okay, you know, on Tuesday at three, we're going to do this stuff. Um, and then, so knowing that, and then knowing, you know, when, what do I need to be creative? So if I need to write or make notes for a podcast or create some videos, when do I work well with that? I need longer blocks of time. So I need, you know, I need kind of time to settle into the groove, time to be in the groove and not feel rushed. So I need to schedule longer periods of time, preferably, um, if Dana's not around. Uh, so he goes to band practice twice a week. And those are the days I do my, a lot of my creative time or my podcasts because the house is empty. I don't have to tell him to, you know, please don't clank around <laughs> and it's quiet. And I know I can just really drop in. So yeah, when does my brain work the best for different things and at what time of the day? And then it, everything is just easier instead of fighting myself. And it took me a while to figure that out, that it wasn't that I'm bad at this tech stuff. It's just, I'm bad at that tech stuff at that o'clock during the day. Yes. Yes. Super, super important. And not only recognizing it, but setting the systems in place to have the boundaries. So I love that you said, you know, you, you sort of set yourselves up for success by saying, we're going to talk about that issue at three o'clock in the afternoon. We're both going to set aside that time in our calendars so that you prompt it, you pull it into a time slot that works for both of you instead of waiting, you know, just thinking you're going to catch each other. And we know if that happens, then it's really easy to blow boundaries, right? Yeah. And yeah, you've got to tell your team, you've got to tell them. So Shauna, um, she might send me an email in the morning but she knows I'm not going to look at, it, you know, or, or yes. if I do, it's because I want to, I'm between horses or I'm hanging out. Um, but she's not going to call me with anything in the morning unless it's an emergency. So, and Dana also knows he's not going to talk to me about work stuff in the morning. So you got to let your team know. And someone might be saying, well, I don't have team, but I know a lot of instructors are like, oh, I'm trying to train horses and my students keep texting me. Well, your students are part of your team. So you got to set up that boundary and go, I'm not going to answer or look at texts until whatever o'clock. So you have to set that up and just know, um, yeah, know what works for you and let people know. Cause if I didn't tell Dana, no graphic design after a certain o'clock, we'd be constantly bumping into each other and being frustrated with each other. So now that, you know, we've, we worked it out and we understand 
and I know his boundaries too, you know, um, that, that now every, everything can flow. And, and when you do that with your team, then you can set things up and you can make appointments. So have office hours for your students or I'll set up meetings. Again, if I want to get something done, I'll talk to Dane and say, Hey, can we meet at this o'clock? I put it on my calendar and I respect a meeting with my husband just as much as, as if it's a doctor appointment. You know, so if it's on the calendar, really and we'll, we'll set that up on the, yeah, we'll set that up on the calendar to, and I'll write, you know, Tuesday at 3.15, talk about fill in the blank with Dana. And that goes on my calendar with an alert. And it goes on his calendar with an alert. And then it's, very, then it's really respectful and we can all organize and we're not, then I know I don't have to talk to him about it when we're, you know, having coffee and pastries on Saturdays. Exactly, exactly. And and it also gives you a place if it comes up during coffee and pastries to say, oh, no, we're talking about that on Tuesday. So we don't yes. have to talk about it now. Yeah, exactly. The communication plan, I think, is so, so key for so many different organizations. And I love what you said, you know, even if you don't have staff or a team, your clients, people you're serving are part of your organization. So just let them know. I respond after, you know, at, from between 12 and four is when I'll respond to email or text or what fill in the blank, the timing that works best for you. Um, but just be clear. And then people don't worry that you haven't gotten it because they know when to when they're going to receive a response. Exactly. Really and you've got to take the time to figure that out yourself. Like ask yourself, well, when do I want them to text me? <laughs> you know, when yes. would be the good. So to sit down with yourself and go, OK, what would be the best time for these things? is just pure gold because if a lot of time I know for myself I would be experiencing frustration and stress and I didn't know why because I was just yeah. like hey I'm got I got to get everything done I'm this is my business and I got to do this and I got to do that and I didn't realize that I could do it differently and I didn't realize that it was just a matter of choosing when to tell my brain to think about what and it's so freeing once you start getting the hang of it because I can now I can much more easily turn my brain off. I used to never I used to have a hard time falling asleep because my brain was just mm. spinning. So now I know it's like I know everything has its little compartment and I know I can postpone thinking about things now. I can say I'm not going to think about that till next week. And then my brain will actually stop thinking about it, which is a yeah. miracle. <laughs> I know it is a miracle. And let me just say, so that I know that there's people listening that are, that are like, yeah, Karen, that works for you. And um, there's no way on God's green earth that that's going to work for me. And so, so what would you say to those people? Mm, well, keep trying to figure out what you need to make that happen. So it, it was a, it's a gradual process and you got to like figure out you know, one piece at a time. Okay, not doing tech or graphics after seven o'clock. Like that was huge. That was really good. But then sometimes I still needed to wear like my little headset headband at night and listen to a guided meditation. So my brain had something else, you know, <laughs> to fall. So I needed a little help falling asleep. And so I listened to guided meditations that I could fall asleep to. Um, but it's sort of one piece at a time takes just change something. And then notice. And sometimes if you just open up a little bit of space and then it's like, hey, that worked. And then you can refine it and try something else. And then it's some, I mean, it's not like I'm perfect. This is a work in progress. I'm still refining it. 
But when you start to realize it is possible, then it gets to actually be kind of a fun game. And now I can recognize when I get myself in a spinny mode where my brain is overactive, I can stop and go, okay, what am I going to do about this? And I ask myself, what's the piece? What's in there spinning around that's driving me crazy? And then I can pull it out and go, well, now what am I going to do with this? So it sits somewhere outside of my brain. (laughs) And it's usually just a matter of going, what is this? Who can help me with it? And where am I going to put it on my calendar? And now it's over there. And I know it's, I have an alarm set and I can relax because I know it's going to get handled over there. But it, it does take practice. I mean, I've known you for what, like eight years now, Sarah. And yeah. I think it's only in the last like two years that I'm like actually taking 24 consecutive hours off. And I know when I'm working, when I'm not. But I, I snuck into it and I like, I cheat. I'm like, well, it was 24 hours, but not in a row. <laughs> And you're like, no, that doesn't count. But you start somewhere, you know, you start somewhere and just keep going. Well, I think starting, I I love that advice of start somewhere and just keep noticing what's working and what's not working, leaning into the little bits of success and um, giving yourself the space to learn it, I think is really important. And I also just... I also just want to comment. I know you're a really spontaneous person as well, but there is spontaneity, spontaneity and fun um, in your day, in your week, in your year, um, and that you can be um, planful and be spontaneous. And, and I yeah. think you're a great example of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a, I mean, for anybody listening, I am a real go with the flow person. Like I am by nature schedule resistant. Now, if there's a schedule, I will tend to do it because I'm, I like to do what I say I'm going to do, but so there's the, that's what can cause some stress. I want to go with the flow, but I also want to do everything that I'm promising that I'm going to do. So, um, so yeah, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And because I get practice, like one thing you teach, um, Sarah is this flexible template. Like I can create my week. And then I can also know that if something's coming up, like Dana's like, Hey, there's a really great concert up in Georgia. I'm like, Ooh, and it's on a Thursday. I'm like, okay. Then because I've been practicing, then I can look at my schedule and go, you know what? I can shift this here and that there. And I can, we can zip off for, you know, an overnight or something like that because I know how to move things around um, ease more easily. So the flexibility part, um, of what you teach is just so valuable, but you got to practice it. So when those things come up, you know what to do. Yeah. And, and they're puzzle pieces, right? You, you're, you've identified the, the things, the chunks of things that need to get done instead of it just be like life, right? (laughs) Like, life has to get done. Well, then how do I move life around? Right. But if you're really specific about these are the pieces, then it's easier to move them around. And yes. and that's, you've given us great examples of those pieces throughout the conversation today. Awesome. Anything, any last words of wisdom or, or are we done? I think that that feels pretty good. That feels pretty good. Yeah. I think, um, I think just it's possible. It's a skill, you know, and that's what's so cool about what you teach is, you know, how to move through your day is actually a a teachable, learnable skill, which is really amazing. 
And yes, I'm... and you've done a really great job of fine tuning it in in your industry, in the way you have chosen to set up your life and your business. Um, and I think that there's so, you know, I'm so grateful that you're willing to let me play and ask you the questions today so you can share these things with uh, your listenership, because I know that they're just going to really uh, love all of this great information. So thanks for playing. No, thank you. You know, there there are so many more possibilities around time than we think. And, you know, it is a combination of the productivity and time management that you teach. And it's a also a little bit of what I do in the transform your business stuff for the horse professionals. Like we got to restructure how we're doing our business. So we're not just stuck with all these like one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one all day. And then, you know, just, yeah, being creative. And I think most of all remembering, you know, we only get this one life and we want to kind of enjoy it and know, know what, in your words, Sarah, what fuels us and, you know, I like, I like to enjoy my life and I like to feel energized every day. So it is possible. I'm doing more. I'm getting, I'm more productive now than I ever have been. I'm doing more than ever. And I'm also more relaxed and have more free time, uh, on a daily basis than ever before. So (laughs) it works. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I I think so. I'm very grateful. So thank you. You are welcome. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.